So Jeremy Balfour, here you are, back for a second term at Holyrood, and uh, is it different this time? You've been back for a wee... Um, well, clearly so? Covid makes Parliament different, so there's much less social interaction. Uh, the Parliament sadly is closed um, at the moment, so we've got no people coming in. Um, and obviously as a, new, uh, as a new MSP, you've got the whole excitement, you've got to find your new staff, work out where the toilet is. Some <laughs> of that is easier second time round. Um, but yeah, still... So we, you know we, where the loos are. I know right? where the toilets are. <laughs> but absolutely, still the excitement of being here, representing the people of Lothian, looking forward to another five years. And the numbers in the... Tory group have not actually changed. You've got exactly the yep, same number. Right. Yep. You've got some new faces. Yep. And in particular, of course, you've got a new Scottish leader, a leader of the Scottish Conservatives in Douglas Ross. Do you think there's a change in approach? Um, I think it's uh, a really good team. I think it's a more diverse team than we had last time around, which is great. Got uh, people from ethnic minorities, more women within the parliament. So I think from a Conservative group, that's all really positive news. Um, and I think we very much setting ourselves up again to challenge the government where it needs challenge, to work um, where we can cross party for the good of Scotland, um, but also I think over the next number of years developing policies which show us um, as the party in waiting, the party who is going to form the next government after the elections in five years' time. You've got a way to go if you're going to form the next government, have you not? 31 seats and the, and the SNP have well, I 64? Think, I think if you look at the numbers and if you look actually where we were in regard to, you know, a, a, few, a few points different one with the other, could have seen an extra quite a number of MSPs elected. So here in Lothian, we were 4,500 short of getting a fourth MSP. You know, with an electorate of 800,000, that is absolutely doable. And if you replicate that across Scotland, um, it can happen. And I think also there is going to come a time, and I think it's coming quite soon, where people will start saying, well, actually, we've voted for this government for 15, 16 years. They're not delivering on the key issues that actually affect each of us if we live here in Edinburgh and Lothian. You've had a, a long number of years now, um, Jeremy, as a, as a politician, first of all, of course, at the council up the road, at the, the, the empty city <laughs> chambers, um, and, and here in, in Holyrood. So, so what are you going to concentrate on this time? Where, where are your... Um, we're outside Parliament. We should probably say that to people. We're outside Parliament where people are basking in the sun. Um, but where are your priorities going to lie? Well, I, I've been asked to look at... Um, social security and local government, so they will be two key areas that I want to concentrate on, particularly local government, which we've also got local elections coming up in now 11 months' time. The underfunding of local government, the, the pressure we're put on, but key issues around Edinburgh and Lothian, so spaces for people, I just think it's a good, good concept, but it's just not working for so many people. That's a council issue. But it's a council issue that the parliament needs to be able to speak into. So as an MSP, we need to be able to represent everybody within our constituency and within our area. I'm going to take my mask off at a distance here and I'm going to let you see that I'm smiling <laughs> at you to say that the Spaces for People measures were introduced, first of all, by the Tory UK government and then passed down to the Scottish government. All the funding has trickled down. But the, so, implementation, so the implementation has been... So Spaces for People as a concept, as I said at the start, absolutely how it's been implemented by the SNP 
uh, Labour coalition here in Edinburgh, absolute disaster. And that's why I think there needs to be an overview from Scottish Parliament. Going forward, um, I do think there are still a number of issues around disability which we need to take forward and look at, at, at collectively. And I'm, and I'm pleased that there's actually now more disabled MSPs in the Parliament itself. And I think we need to be able to work cross-party on that because actually there's a lot of agreement on it. But I think there are going to be challenges, particularly around employment, um, as we come out of this COVID, as we come into recovery, where are the jobs going to be? And are we going to leave behind anyone who has a disability or from other protected characteristics? And, and you know, going, going back to uh, the funding of local government, if that's where one of your priorities is going to be, um, why do you think it is that the SNP are continually accused um, of underfunding local government? Why do they keep doing that when, uh, during this pandemic, they've thrown money to, um, towards local government? And here in Edinburgh, they've had an extra 20 million, for example, which is going to make a huge difference. So, so why is there underfunding and what can be done to stop it? Well, I think it's a political choice. So you choose what your priorities are. I, I think the SNP, by and large, are centralising party, so they want to bring things more to the Scottish Parliament. And I'm not sure, in honesty, they actually trust many of their SNP councillors. And so they don't want to give them that power and responsibility. Um, how do we it? Well, we make sure that when we bring forward proposals, when we bring forward a budget uh, next year, that that budget itself will have more money for local government um, and that we actually say we do need to give power back to local communities, to local authorities, and we need to trust them. And, you know, fair enough, people will then get a choice of how to vote for them and then they can make those choices. Um, but I think we need to give them that power and stop taking so much here with him centralising and, and give it back locally. So that would, that would make a difference. And, um, and what about you then? Your office in Roseburn is closed, I imagine. Um, so how do you interact then with your constituents? Yeah, I mean, the, the office in Roseburn was obviously um, a different MSPs, so, so that will be closed over the next couple of months. Um, we'll be looking at setting up a new office somewhere in Lothian um, over the summer autumn period. Um, but I'm just sending out next week um, posters uh, to all schools, hospitals, shops, which will have my contact details on it. Um, and, you know, anybody's got an issue, anybody's got a question, my email, my telephone number there, get in touch and I'll come. And we'll be looking at what is the best way. I, I, you know, I think in some ways the surgery in a library on a Friday at 10 o'clock in the morning doesn't really engage. Most people are either working yeah, or we can't people. get to them and it can exclude people. So I'm going to be looking at different ways, whether that's going to shops, going to community centres, those kind of areas, but making sure that I'm out and about across the whole of Lothian um, so that people can contact me. I suppose people can also interact with you over Zoom or yes. even on the phone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I do think Zoom, uh -huh. I, know, I think we are pretty all tied out of Zoom, mm -hmm. but actually, particularly for those who struggle to leave home, I've got caring responsibilities, got a disability, then we can set up Zoom meetings and they're much more right. easy way for some people to deal with. Great. You'll not really be looking forward to going back into the chamber this afternoon on such a beautiful day, but uh, I, I imagine, I, I feel that you, you are enthusiastic about the next five years ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And, and today we've got a very key decision for, for Edinburgh. Because we've got the decision of are we going to go down to level, down a level, down to level one, 
that will have a mass impact upon tourism, um, upon businesses. And I think what we need from this government is some certainty because we are, people are trying to plan, particularly for July, August. Sadly, we see the tattoo has mm. had to pull out because we couldn't get those guarantees. The festival, the fringe are wavering. Do we go ahead? Do we not go ahead? Well, the, the, the festival, as far as I know, is going ahead and is going ahead on a reduced seating basis. Certainly. But only if we can get to level one and we can guarantee that we're at level one for mm. August as well. I know the fringe is, you know, there's articles in the paper at the weekend, the fringe saying, do we go ahead or do we not go ahead? So I think for business, for hotels, for restaurants, all the kind of services, we need that certainty. Well, I hope we get it this afternoon. Absolutely. Jeremy Balford, thank you very much for speaking with me. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Edinburgh Report. Listen out for more episodes coming soon and make sure you don't miss any by hitting the subscribe button now. This is one of the platforms where we can help advertise your business to our listeners. Would you like to know more about that? Then email editor at theedinburghreporter.co.uk. And remember, you can subscribe to have our monthly newspaper delivered to you direct. Sign up today on our website, www.theedinburghreporter.co.uk. Thank you.